Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. So we have some of the most interesting, unique, and amazing meditations I think in the world. I mean, we have past life regression meditations, guided hypnosis meditations, Akashic record meditations, as well as healing meditations. Our meditations are pretty cool. And they're not just about stillness of mind and peace and sit there. Hmm. I mean, we have those too. Don't get me wrong, but these are about meditations that are going to shift and change. And you're going to walk out of there feeling lighter, freer, healed, and even getting guidance and insight. So come down, experience one of our meditations. They're pretty badass. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we get to bring on one of our own practitioners and she does astrology readings. But the cool thing about it is she does it on the cusp and on the fly. So, you know, a lot of times when you go to an astrologer, you need to prepare in advance, kind of give them your information so they can map it out, plot it out, but she can do it right there for you. And she also does readings, uh, tarot readings, as well as healing. So I want you to welcome Cody Channel. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being with us today. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) So Cody, I want to start off with sharing a little bit about yourself. Besides all the things that you do, you know, I want to hear about you. Okay, well, so I basically started doing healing work when I was about five. Um, I was encountered and, well, surrounded by these very dark beings and a lot of um, very serious astral projections and different realities um, that I used to escape my childhood trauma. So from when you were five. Yeah. So from a very young age, that was like my earliest memory, but I think it was even before that. Did you, did you know that you were doing healings and work uh, and that, or like, I mean, or were you thinking that you were talking to your imaginary friends? I was just very, at the time I was very afraid and then I would have moments of um, being touched by these beautiful lights that let me know that I was always going to be safe and that everything was part of a plan. So I really felt, um, but unfortunately the society didn't really see or you know support that kind of um, astral projection and being very tired and doing very poorly in school. So they put me on Ritalin at the age of six. Uh, Yes. So my journey began, um, I still was very, very much having these vivid dreams. I often thought I was possessed. I would get overtaken by these like dark energies in the room. Um, I would have these different alien-like beings um, be in the doorways often or be very much... um, in like my dreams at night that I would have, often I would be falling asleep and then jet directly into another dimension um, and would wake up often terrified because even though I had these supports, when you integrate it back into human life, it's terrifying, right? Um, So I sort of got catapulted into all these energies um, with the darker beings with the light beings and with these sort of more like alien energies. But the star systems that I could see from those dreams had really helped me um, and really caught my attention with sort of using knowledge as a way of healing, understanding the history of stars. So from a very young age, astrology and understanding stars was the star patterns, the star um, constellations, the planets, everything, and their energies, especially the moon. That was like my go-to. Anyway. Um, well, would you like stare at the moon as a kid and <laughs> yes. then, like look at it or like, you know? Yeah. I was very much, um, my grandmother, I remember actually was um, a Scorpio and she was uh, always like about the full moon. And so we always would she would always talk to me about the full moon and how there was a lot of energy around the full moon. And so Oftentimes, I remember crying on the full moon. That was like always a tradition of mine, kind of like releasing. So in my own little way, I had it. But anyway, fast forward to um, about 2012 was really the year. I was um, working in a fashion job in New York as a designer, and I started having all of these really psychic um, visions of different people I worked with. And excuse me, by that time, 
I had already been giving tarot readings and astrology readings and doing different types of uh, crystal grids and I've been very involved in that sort of community um, but it really pushed me over the edge in 2012 that specifically that energy was so intense for everybody um, and I was just sort of like pulled out of my corporate um, fashion lifestyle in New York and given um, this opportunity to move and heal in New Mexico wow. in um, an earthship with a, an amazing group of people that took me in and sort of were like, okay, let's give you this time. So I, I studied all kinds of different astrology aspects and um, really got into reading all about the Pleiadians and the different uh, alien uh, races and the different um, healing modalities to really heal your childhood trauma. So, um, that was where it all began as far as my life as a healer. Um, I moved to LA in 2013. Okay. And um, by then I became a certified Reiki master a little bit shortly after and began, uh, started with Reiki and would always start each session with an astrology reading, which most of my clients thought was interesting because that, that wasn't what they were used to. But I felt that astrology really grounds you. It gives you facts, information. And if you're hesitant at all or skeptical about energy work or psychic readings, astrology is very much a practical tool. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those... Uh, modalities and things that have been around for eons, you yes. know, and in different time periods through our history, it was seen, you know, like even a more importance. Exactly. I mean, they you used know, to, that's, at birth, they used to that's what our calendar is based on. Our sin, this, that, you know, like, yeah, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, religions, everything, you know, <laughs> everything was based around astrology, you know, yeah. and, uh, and so, so it's, it's had its kind of like come and fall of, of acceptance where, you know, astronomers were some of the most, you know, prestigious jobs that people had back, you know, you know, years ago yeah i mean in they had um the zodiac was part of the ancient mayan uh calendars and their religions as well as um the egyptian they worshiped all like the especially the star sirius which is associated with ascension and that's part of the age we're in now well, um they even say see say like in the bible the 12 disciples were the 12 planets exactly like, exactly you know yes the, um, the, you know, not shaking anybody up, but they say, you know, when uh, Jesus died and then was resurrected three days later, and then that happens on the winter equinox, and the sun stops and the er, the moon falls away in the sky and then resurrects three days later, you know, like, yes. and so there's, there's this whole thing. And it's a pattern everything. that's happened with many religions, right? Yeah. So it's definitely something that I have never doubted. The few times I have doubted, um, I've had very intense dreams that have filled me with love and support for this work. Um, this uh, astrology combined with my intuitive abilities has really um, just opened up my life and I love being able to help other people, um, family members, friends. Um, I think I've given over probably 400 professional astrology readings. Amazing. Um, now, when we take it back to like, you know, astrology and you and finding that space, like, you know, you connected with the with the stars and the planetary alignments and things even as a child. But, you know, um, was it 2012 that you really started to dive in with your patterns when you were looking at your own astrology chart? Or when yes. was it for you? Yes, it was really, um, I was doing a lot more tarot at the time before I became um, comfortable to really dive into astrology. And it was so eye-opening really diving in um this i had several different teachers um but one of the people that i really loved was um barbara hanclaw and her book um chiron and the rainbow bridge and um the pleading agenda and she was an amazing astrologer and channeler um and i really it really broke me open when i discovered that my all my leo i have like every planet in leo and People were always like, well, you're so Leo, so why aren't you just, you know, um, and I had my, my moments on, on the stage plenty, um, mostly just with music, but I learned they were all in cancer, and I really got into the houses um, because each house represents a different stage of your life, pretty much. Um, 
it starts with self as the first house and goes all the way to spirit as the 12th house. Okay, so, when so you can let's see, go through them real quick yeah, so yeah, people okay. know. So, so the first house is um, self. It is what your appearance is to others and what others see you as, really, and mostly uh, what your job is on this planet or what your exterior sort of human body self is supposed to be doing on this planet. Um, so it is the most superficial house, but it also represents what you look like as well and, and certain health issues that can arise as well. So. And when you talk about somebody's first house, is that like their sun sign? So that's their ascendant. Okay. So um, basically the ascendant changes every um, hour. So somebody that was born in like an hour or two hours later than someone uh, born the same day could have a completely different life path. Um, it's really important. It, it sets the tone for your entire life. So, um, I know what about like a lot of, you know, so what about when people don't take like the, the birth times correctly or like, you know, a lot of times when we're, when we're born, you know, there wasn't this, this system, or at least for people like our age or older, there wasn't this like universal, everybody had a cell phone that was rigged to a certain time. And so people would set times by different clocks. And so like there, the amount of error that could be, cause if I'm like, let's say if I have like my master clock, right. And then, and then this room gets set by that clock and then that clock gets set by that clock. And then it becomes like the telephone game. Is there ever like a level of error where like somebody really, believes that their ascendant is one thing but they're they're operating or or really depicting something different and it could be off by a few minutes so I haven't had if there ever was a question we I often just consult my own intuitive okay abilities and it usually with a few different back and forth questions we can pretty much always pinpoint it okay that's what I was um, saying yeah I was asking because yeah, I know I know a lot of people they say it's so specific like you need to know your exact birth time but my head always goes well you know sometimes you know the careless hospital just writes something down after the fact and right, they round up true. and they're like gonna just put mm, 1205 yeah it was sometime after 12 you know no, I mean <laughs> no it's so funny you say that because my mom actually told my brother that his time was my time so he went around thinking he was a different rising sign for like a few years and finally I was like no that's not your birth time that's my birth time so she had it wrong yeah yeah <laughs> um, and then you know the air of it you know and then, yeah. I, then I would yeah like I just said with the clocks like I always think about like you know back then people set clocks based on other clocks and other clocks based on other clocks so like you know I was always like well, what clock do they base it off of you know <laughs> I know well hopefully in the future we will have um, doctors that are you know aware of how important this is you know like they do in India where they when the kids are born they like care about which phase of the moon the child is in and they do their whole chart when they're born yeah and it's very important like to kind of just oversee their life so that's the first house okay the first house is, um, is basically setting the whole tone and it's um uh whatever constellation was on the horizon when you were born okay yeah that makes me think when you say importance of born you know like uh the have you have you ever watched the tv show orville yet no okay so there's that, an episode i just watched last night was they went to a planet that was had sent a message and it was like their planet was based like our 21st century you know and uh their whole society was based around zodiac and, or in the different astrology signs and they actually didn't want babies born during this one sign because they said that it was going to be bad luck so they <laughs> would have them premature or like you know try to elongate That's really the funny. I actually really should see that. <laughs> and it was just like this whole society based in with such importance around it. So, but it, but it was, it's interesting the different, you know, cultures that even within our planet and how they base the importance of different aspects. Yes, it, it's um, super important. I feel like it is, it used to be linked with astronomy before they were, you know, severed. Yeah. I feel like really they were more of a science, more revered as an important thing that we should be putting our energy to, our money into, and our time into. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, many, um, the, you know, a lot of the people that are in really high positions of power, um, they often are still using astrology. So I feel like it's important for everybody in the world to be able to have access to astrology Absolutely. and really um, allow for astrology to empower everyone. 
Because yeah. with astrology, there people often think, oh, this is going to say, like, this is going to put me in a box, or this is going to, like, have someone figure me out. And that's only if you're being superficial and thinking that somebody's sun sign is going to depict the kind of person they are. And that's a big... So your sun is um, basically... A, a, obviously a very big part of your personality, right? Mm -hmm. But it is, it's, imagine there are, each planet represents like a different sort of like veil that can kind of energetically pull you in all these different directions. Yeah. You have all these different like colored energies in your aura represented by the planet sort of pushing and pulling you into um, becoming more actualized as a soul. Mm -hmm. um, and I think within our society, especially as we're beginning our moments of ascension in the age of Aquarius, um, it's so important to kind of, like you were saying earlier as well, like be in that flow, allowing these planets to sort of work their magic. Um, they really are here. And if any of these planets, um, especially some of the ones that people are afraid of, like Pluto or Saturn um, or Chiron, the, the asteroid, um, I feel like they're all divinely here working with us. And any time that we have maybe up-leveled or learned that lesson collectively, then maybe that planet would, you know, go out of orbit. Yeah. It's really all perfectly in this divine time that these planets are here with us, helping us. Really well, a support. Yeah. And, and with like any readings and, you know, but giving you awareness and guidance allows you to have a benchmark of how to handle things better it's mm -hmm. never a death sentence it's never like a doom and gloom no. it's like it's like a different metaphor way to look at it if somebody had a predisposition towards a certain like physical ailment in western medical medicine it'd be like okay well then i need to do that because i'm prone to diabetes in my family so i'm gonna eat healthier or do different things or i'm gonna make sure that i take these steps it doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna get it you know yeah. like and so if you have that knowledge or that awareness you can actually use it as this powerful steering mechanism and say okay yeah you know we're working in fashion different people have different body types different shapes different sizes it's, it's like okay just because you're this tall or this short doesn't mean that you can't utilize your you know what you have and flatter yourself by you know designing something around that you yeah, know exactly. and picking out the yeah. right you know it, so it's never you know yeah and it's funny it's that, working like, with what you got and yeah. realizing how do you highlight it <laughs> yeah totally and so we started with the first house so oh, yeah, basically sorry. that's, that, that's I, literally I, who I, you I, are. I, I no. detour all the time because no, no I just worries. go where the conversation goes yeah, so no, you know no, like. yeah me too me too um it's definitely like who yeah definitely the body you have the face you have the image you present and they say that after age 30 your rising sign um, becomes less of an importance or a less of an identifier however really quickly it is also what you should be using to read your horoscopes um, along with your sun sign because often the astrologers are throwing the chart for your rising sign um, that is how they read it so the planets and the aspects they are talking about are often um, referring to your rising sign. Gotcha. So it's really important to know the rising sign. Um, and if you are confused, uh, come see me. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so then we go to the second house, which is all about your values, um, your sense of self-worth, your money, the support you have. And um, so that's a really big house and a really important house to work through. And um, once again, it really kind of builds the story just builds and gets more complica more complicated and more intense from the yeah. first, you know. So it starts with, okay, here's who I am. Then this is who, um, what I value, what I feel I deserve, mm. and um, it the support that I need. And it often is the house directly connected to your income. Wow. So that, and that's what, like, the patterns you learn when you're younger. So it's um, as well, like, supports your early childhood. Um, then we go into the third house, which rules your early education, your mental abilities, um, as well as your um, ability to clearly communicate your ideas. And this is um, also ruled by Gemini. Okay. Um, so think of it as like your ability to communicate with your the people closest, um, like in your direct community. So like... Uh, neighbors, uncles, cousins, um, really close 
family. Okay. Um, this is sort of ruling that. And it really helps you develop your self-assertion, and your sense of assertion. Um, then the fourth house is your mother. Some people say it's your father, but it's really the most dominant parent. And it rules your emotional constitution okay. as well as um, your sense of grounding and your home. Um, all of these houses have other meanings as well later in life, but I'm just starting you with the basics. The fourth house is also where all of my planets reside. So I believe that it also has, um, it's the first water house. So it also is the beginnings of your psychic awareness and your emotions. Like a, it's a floodgate of emotions if you have a water sign fourth house. Um, so this house kind of primes you for um, your emotional health and your relationships with others. Okay. Then you take that energy, integrating it into the fifth house, which is your creative abilities, um, your sense of childlike wonder, um, the, the children that you have, um, the types of creative projects that you will do. Mm -hmm. um, it's very creative. It's ruled by Leo. And the sixth house is um, about your health. It's about medicine. Okay. It's about um, your day-to-day -day structure. Um, it's about work, working with others. Okay. So it's ruled by Virgo. And um, often, you know, people look to the sixth house to see about their health. Now, you mentioned something just a moment ago, and so I, I wanted to stop you on it. You said all of your planets reside in your fourth house. So are there sometimes houses that don't have any planets in them? Yes. Yes. Ah. And people always ask me about this, and they say, but how come I have no planets in my career house? And I'm such a career person. Or how come I have no planets in my marriage house? I just want to get married. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get married. That does not mean you're not going to have a career. It just means that the focus of the energy supporting you are not, you don't need any focus right there. So you can totally have a marriage. You can totally have a career, but it is, it just means that you're not going to be pulled into like karmic, uh, patterns or karmic releases in those areas. It's kind of like a little bit more breezy. Got you. So the no houses are like the or the no planets in the houses are like, all right, you don't have to worry about that. Yes. So where the planets reside are the kind of the things that you got to work on. Yes. You got, that, yes. That, that, that's reflecting your shit. You yes. know, you, there, there's lessons there. So yes. the planets are like lessons. Right. And I always say okay. it's a lesson or a lesson, a lesson so or a blessing. Or, yes. So it's in um, often each planet has, especially like Saturn or Chiron or Pluto, they really have something that they, there's a, a, a gift at the end of the rain, a pot of gold at the end of the rain. Okay. You know, there's always these like wonderful heart opening and magical gifts that wait for you when you really dive in and heal um, thoroughly on these oh, planets. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, if anybody's ever been through trauma, drama, pain, suffering, whatever the case may be, or a traumatic experience in any way, shape or form, that will always forever leave you changed and transcended, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so, but it's once you get where you're not the victim anymore and you're not in the poor me mode, then you can see the blessings that it gave, right? Yes. And then you look at it and you're like, that made me grow more than most things ever made me grow. Yes. So like they really do anything in life if you really dive into it. Yes. You know, it's like a good workout. Yes. If you're not going to work out too hard, you're probably not going to really get too much in shape or you're not going to build that muscle or physique but if you really push yourself you're going to get to your goal and you're going to be proud of it yes. right you know yes. and I think it's it's great um because a lot of people they want to get healed or they want to get readings and they want to do this and that but astrology is I always start I if people like all of my clients whether they're coming to me for a coaching session or a channeling session or Reiki session, I always ask them and just offer, have you really done a thorough chart and a good look at your, you know, soul contracts, your karmic patterns, your past lives, all of these things are available in the chart. Yeah. And it's so important for, um, I mean, I've seen most, most every person that I see for them, they really find many, um, deep, uh, deep karmic lessons that, kind of gives them the sense of relief that are in this chart um, that they can work through and the tools and how to use their energies to get to overcome these things. Yeah. So it really is like, um, you well, know. it's reassuring for some people. I mean, yeah. if they're like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not just me. 
like there's to the stars literally yes, yes. <laughs> you know like yeah. I and, was and I was destined to have struggles in relationships look at that <laughs> yeah exactly and it's and not to use it as a crutch but no, 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 it is kind no, of fun but, you know but, no. no but I mean I think that even when somebody comes I'm sure for readings or coaching or like channeling sessions with you too it's a lot of times people need to hear that there that there's that that higher bird's eye perspective you know it's like a driving and if you're ever using the gps in your car and you're stuck in the street view and you're in a traffic jam sometimes just pulling it out to that bird's eye perspective means oh okay it's only going to be red for a little bit longer or oh you know what i can take this path instead it's like it suddenly creates this calmness it doesn't mean that you're still not getting through the freaking traffic jam but it's like that higher perspective you you know that whatever you're going through is temporary and i think that there's a beautiful a way that our brain can kind of shift and say, well, I can put up with anything for a certain period of time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, okay, it's red for this much longer. I got it, right? exactly. You know, or I'm going to be through this difficult period of time for this amount of time longer, or I'm I'm learning these lessons, but I'm going to get past it, and that there is an end, you know? Then people suddenly put on that, like, super S on their chest, and they're like, I got this, you know? Yeah, And they propel forward, right? It's amazing to see how um, astrology really just gives so much clarity and it's almost like you get all of these new best friends as your planets and as your signs, you know, you're like, you feel like so supported with all of these team members, you know, it's not just you, it's like you and the stars. Yeah. And we are stars. I mean, I think people forget that, you know, we're this vibrational energy. We're made of stardust and there's light codes being activated in us every day through healing, through Through, through the stars, through vibration, through force. And, you know, I find it interesting that some people like want to dismiss that kind of stuff. But yet you see like. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the observatory. Uh, you know, we have an observatory here in Los Angeles. Maybe people that are tuning in, if you have another observatory somewhere. But they they show, like, this one area. There's a picture where the tide goes three stories different, you know? And they have, like, a downward, like, a dock. And then they have an upward dock. And it's literally three stories different. And it's changed by the moon. Right. You know, so it changes the water. The tide is changed, governed by the moon. Mm -hmm. And it goes three stories different. And this one spot, a spot in the world somewhere. And it's like, okay, if that can happen from high tide to low tide and we're water. Like there's not some impact of these big, massive vibrational like like conduits in the sky of course there's going to have some form of impact you know and and you know if you if if you can get that and you can see that you know that was like the one aha for me is seeing that big picture and being like well if the moon does this to just our our water right and our oceans what is it doing to me and then the moon is just as small and yeah i got these planets are way far away but they're huge and massive they have some form of pull and oh, yeah. you know They're very powerful yeah the moon is i mean i think i had more people tell me that okay never mind i'm totally a follower of astrology after this last eclipse season in cancer <laughs> um i think i had like i had given read, given readings to a few um scientists that were skeptics like a few years back and they had actually both contacted me recently to say that oh my gosh what you said was right and this whatever that was that mercury retrograde that just killed me you know it was like really um it was so intense for really uh draining our emotions cancer is really good at helping with that and so that cancer new moon of course there's a uh, the moon moves quicker than any other planet so the moon uh is an amazing uh, planet to live by to do your rituals to really de- like we're designed as humans to really live with the moon yeah you know starting with the new moon setting our intentions allowing them to build and then releasing every single month yeah. right and then the new moon is actually today um uh and it's in virgo which is a great time to release your energy um and to organize and clear up your emotions in your life 
So I every mean, moon, and look at them. Women, their cycle is supposed to be in the moon cycle. Yes, like, exactly. You know, like, yeah. you know, like, well, in between. But, yeah, but, you know, the 28-day the cycle is just, follows the 28-day cycle of the moon. Come on. Yeah, you know, perfect. like. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So I don't even really um, encounter anybody who doesn't believe in astrology, honestly, these days. Um, I just think it's important to see an astrologer um, because I think there's so many people that are um, just sort of, like, doing the horoscopes or doing very surface memes or this and that. And I, I do believe in the power of really diving in and really taking a good look at your soul map. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it makes a difference. Like, I think one of the the criticisms that a lot of people have towards astrology is, how does every single person fit in one of 12, you know, people, right? You know, right. we're not all having one of 12 days, but when you're getting into looking at all of these different houses and all of the different aspects and how each individual person is going to have their own individual map, yeah. well, now you're talking about, massive variety and then there's like 500,000 asteroids right <laughs> so there's a lot of asteroids that we study um that are more popular but you could go in and you could really chart in any asteroid if you wanted to wow. that exists people will come to find that their name is in a really important place their if their name is in an asteroid and everything has so much energy right not as intense as the planets but there's just this great web of energy just divinely uh, guiding you and supporting you. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. So, so what's after the sixth house? So then we get into the marriage house. So this house is traditionally known as the marriage house. I like to think of it as the partnership house. It also can rule working relationships and the other. So it's also your mirror house. Think uh -huh. of it as directly opposite. A lot of these um, houses that oppose each other are really um, polarized energies. So okay. the first house is self. And then the seventh house is other and your mirror. Ah. So it's integrating all that, the things you learned, and now you're ready for a relationship, right? And um, so the seventh house is a huge topic because a lot of people really want to know about that. Um, I don't always use the seventh house to um, gauge what, who your partner is. I usually use that for an asteroid. But the seventh house generally is going to set the mood and the tone for the type of relationships and the type of relationship energy that you are given and that you provide. Interesting. Yes. Um, so it's really important to study that. And then we go into the eighth house, which um, rules life after marriage. Generally, especially in Eastern astrology, they say it's like, you know, after you get married, you're now in the eighth house, which is when you're, full, you're fully in your power um, and you can develop your magic. You're now like grounded enough and practical enough to be able to ground some magic and to call in money from other people. Hmm. Um, potentially, you know, th this also rules sex. So diving into sexual energy. Um, so this house is obviously ruled by um, Scorpio, which is one of the more complicated signs, which really is all about transformation. Yeah. So the eighth house can mean sex, death, other people's money, um, financial investors, magic. Um, Aleister Crowley, I believe, had a very intense, intensely packed eighth house. It's like a very magical placement, but it often requires a certain level of mastery. So wow. you really want to look at the planets in the eighth house. It's often most astrologers are, are just, they love studying the eighth house, right, for that reason. Interesting. Um, and then you go into the ninth house, which is ruled by Sagittarius, and that one um, is all about travel, other cultures, learning, um, getting your uh, edu higher education, education outside of the norm system. Um, anything that involves good, uh, it's, it's actually the most lucky house. It's blessed by Jupiter. So it's good fortune, good luck. And um, often someone who just really wants to travel and be a visionary for the world. Mm -hmm. That is the kind of energy that the ninth house brings. So whatever is in your ninth house is really going to show you, um, are you going to be traveling a lot? Are you going to be um, a student of higher mastery education? Is philosophy going to be important for you? Um, these are all sort of like the... Now I you have to look at my chart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where are you? <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to do it, so I can't wait. I know you're a Libra. You don't know your rising, right? I'm a Sag rising, Taurus moon. Okay. Uh, that's all I know. Uh, okay, we got we to gotta pull up your chart. <laughs> but keep going. I, I was going to um, keep teaching people. <laughs> um, so then you go into the 10th house, and that rules your um, position in the world, your um, leadership capabilities, your public image, your work life, mm. and ultimately your career. So that's a really important house. It also is ruled by your father, um, 
and the type of energies of your father. That's often the ninth that's, house? Yeah, the eighth, the tenth house. The tenth house. We're already yes. to the tenth. What was the ninth? Um, the ninth was uh, travel and oh, okay, philosophy. Okay. okay. Yes. No. <laughs> so tenth, tenth were, were, were father energy, career. Yes. Career, acknowledgement, um, public image, fame. That's where fame begins. Um, just really being recognized. And um, it's ruled by Capricorn. Okay. So it's also um, a very... It, it is a very thorough and very um, um, so? successful, like success-oriented house, um, because people with tenth house energies, they really are just pulled in the arenas of being a leader, being successful, and being seen by the world. So that is a very. Um, a lot of people are very, you know, interested in learning about that house because wherever your tenth house is is going to kind of dictate um, what kind of career, what type of career you are going to have. Interesting. And um, the the planet that's on the cusp of there is known as the Midhaven. And the Midhaven is um, often what astrologers use to tell you all about the types of career opportunities you're going to have. And it's actually just a mathematical point. But a lot of these mathematical points are um, very powerful um, way showers of like divine and very positive information. So, yeah, it's really great. Um, there's the Midhaven, and then we go into the 11th house, which is um, community, friendships, uh, friendships outside of family. Um, it's ruled by Aquarius. It's humanitarian. It's community-minded. Mm. And it's um, the future-minded as well. It's all about technology, about um, creating jobs for other people, really um, thinking about the whole Mm -hmm. And this is um, an energy that we're in as a collective right now as well by oh. being in the age of Aquarius. So we ended the Piscean age and there's some discrepancies, but around 2012 was the beginning of the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a song in my head now. It's the 60s, age but, of yeah. Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently we're still just in the very, very beginnings of it as well um, in the Iron Age, as they call it. Um, uh, because the ages are actually measured by how the sun and um, Sirius and the proximity of the sun and earth and Sirius move in this elliptic. And the closer the sun and Sirius become to each other is actually determining the level of ascension the human, the human civilization can achieve. Interesting. So we're actually quite a little bit far away from that right now. However... Um, it's we're still, moving towards we're moving, it. We are moving towards it. Which, which you hear when you're kind of going down to wormholes of studying the past civilizations and stuff like that, that this isn't a new cycle for oh, us. No. We've been here before. The Lemurians, the, you know, you know, the and, um, Atlanteans. We yeah. had so many different civilizations that were already living on this planet that were able to, like, really in ascend and, and move things with, with music, use light codes to infuse their crops. You know, they were... Yeah. So we are just, um, we're repeating the cycle again, and it's so exciting, you know. It's amazing. Um, so, the, yeah, the 11th house is obviously one of my favorites um, because it is just so, um, it's, it's so unemotional and intelligent, and it's about being above emotions and being able to kind of lead in this way that's community-minded. Um, so people with strong 11th houses often will become um, really great bosses, Hmm. Um, and as well as the, 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 we go into the 12th house and that is, um, spirit and the 12th house, imagine each house getting more and more complex, right? Yeah. So we had the fourth house like. that started the emotional complexity. Then we had the eighth house that really took us through us for a loop with the emotional complexity. And then we go to the final water house and final house that exists, which is ruled by Pisces. Now Pisces is often known as, um, that was the age we were just in, but the, um, it's the two fish, right? So it is, they, it is so much water that it's as if they can just be anything and everywhere. Like imagine mm -hmm. the energy is just expanded and fills up every single crevice possible. And um, there can be so, there can be light and there can be dark and they are just swirling together and you don't, there's not as much control. There's not mm -hmm. as much um, uh mental clarity it's more artistic it's more intuitive it's directly it's ruled by neptune so it is um connected to dream worlds to spirits to ancestors to um healing and meditation and also it's connected to um 
uh, jails, institutions, death, different types of um, sort of uh, like medical institutions, uh, rehabs, uh, addictions, different things mm. like that are ruled because it, anything that is involved with um, escaping or disassociating gotcha. is sort of in that 12th house. So there's a lot of amazing artists that love to dwell in that 12th house that are find themselves there, right? That are either um, creating or escaping, right? Yeah. Um, but because we're in the Aquarian age and we're not in the Piscean age, the 12th house is more often than not the house where you're shown how you are intuitive and what type of intuitive mm. style you have. So that's a big one combined with the moon together I look at for people saying, well, I don't know if I'm intuitive or I don't really know what my gifts are. And um, definitely the 12th house will show your style. Like if you have a Gemini 12th house or something, it might be harder for you to be able to meditate or calm down. You might have to really bring some intelligence into it, like gotcha. guided meditation. So it also can really help see what ways that you need to be, um, what ways you want to be loved, what ways you need to um, care for yourself, what ways you need to to um, connect with the other side or connect with your spirit guides. You know, your whole um, sense of connection can be helped by learning to play with the energies like you said you were given. Yeah, so playing with the energies that you're given. Now, is there any way to see or do you do sometimes uh, predictive chart readings of knowing what's to come or? Oh, yes. Um, I often my go to planets for predictive are the north and south nodes, which I haven't talked about and Jupiter. OK, so Jupiter moves every year um, into a new sign and a new house for most people's charts. Okay. So Jupiter and the North Node. So for example, this year, the North Node's at Cancer and the South Node's in um, uh, Capricorn. Okay. So the North Node being in Cancer this year is really showing us collectively that we are going to be unlocking and unleashing our emotions, really mm. collectively purging our emotional blockages. And we're also... Uh, purging the patriarchy, <laughs> um, <laughs> literally, collectively. So that's it's a great year for all of us. <laughs> and then what about uh, the the North Node? Um, so being the, in Capricorn. Oh, so the the South. Oh, the, sorry. The, the North Node's in Cancer, and the South Node's in Capricorn. So basically, the North Node in everybody's chart, in your personal chart, is going to show you. It's the number one, I think, top energy to look at in a chart or mathematical point um, that shows where your soul needs to grow in this lifetime, how to really stay healthy and how to stay happy okay. is to really flow in the direction of your North Node. Make sure that, you know, your soul comes in with an intent and the North Node is sort of like that um, North Star showing gotcha. you, okay, you can do whatever you want. However, really address this, please. Okay. And it always works for my clients that when they, when they are aware of their North Node, that it just changes their life because they're like, okay, now I can just rest and just know that maybe someone just needs to feel relaxed and at ease mm -hmm. as part of their soul's purpose. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be every single thing you have to do, Yeah, you know, and so it's, it's nice to know that there's a focus. So collectively I said our focus is cancer, but that same cancer North node will be different in everybody's chart and That's will be showing you this year where you need to focus. And what so, about the South Node for Capricorn? And the, what, what and the is South that? Node is showing what you need to release, and it gotcha. also represents your past lives. So it's actually known as the Dragon's Tail, and the North Node is known as the Dragon's Head. Ah. So it's sort of like where you are going and what you're releasing. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotcha, <laughs> bring, I gotcha. Gotta bring the dragons in. Yeah, so, so, you know, releasing like our old structures or different things. Like it's yes. Capricorn, it's often that leader, right? Yeah. So we're releasing some of that old patriarchate patriarchal structures that really aren't serving us right now. Gotcha. Um, so I think we'll be probably doing that for years to come as well. But this year we get a good head start energetically. <laughs> um, no oh. pressure. Um, but, Tail you know. start. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Oh, man. And then what else were you um, saying for predictive? Oh, Jupiter you used. And then I love Jupiter because Jupiter is the planet that is full of positivity. If there were any planet that represented like a spiritual bypassing happy person that was allowed to be that way because it's Jupiter. You know, obviously Jupiter can be gluttonous, can be over the top, can be a little overbearing, can dominate conversations, all of that. But Jupiter is um, the planet of good luck, of positivity, of what 
where um, it takes up so much energy. So wherever it is, it's like, well, you better be working with that, you know, <laughs> unless it's debilitated. Like right now it's in Sagittarius. Um, so when you have a planet, um, when you have uh, Jupiter in a sign like that's a fire sign, then it is so much more um, helpful and exciting. And it really gives you that energy to push forward on your dream. So uh, right now is a great time um, for really just putting your wishes out there and and expecting good luck. So, uh, yeah. Like but that. then we go into retrogrades. We just finished that. So, luckily, the planet is um, not retrograde anymore. Okay. So, we have, can really sm smooth sail into the rest of the year with that one. So, Jupiter uh, was in retrograde? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, Jupiter basically is a huge, um, like, for example... If Jupiter's in your second house for the whole year, you're really going to want to make sure you're getting your savings right, you're starting your business then, you're doing all that stuff. You're making sure you understand your self-worth and you're getting a business coach or whatever it is you want to do that to make sure that you're on the best possible track for making sure that you feel supported. Yeah, because it um, helps magnify that, yes. right? Got and then you. first house, they often will joke that that's the year that you might gain some weight because Jupiter's there, so your <laughs> face might get a little, you know, depending on what else is happening. Um, <laughs> or, you know, you might uh, be a little too cocky that year, or, you know, you might change, you might get a mohawk, you might do something drastic. Um, uh -huh. And, you know, so every Jupiter in every house, really, Jupiter in the fifth house, they say, is when, like, you're going to have a great chance at, like, uh, having your creative dreams come true or having a baby, you know, kind of like either, you know, wherever you want to spend that birthing energy, you know, or um, same with the seventh house or eighth house. That's marriage years. Those are like, okay, now this is a great shot at meeting someone, mm. right? And 10th house, obviously, it's like, okay, this is a great year for me to be um, getting that award that I've been hoping for or feeling comfortable in um, receiving that recognition or feeling ready to present myself in a way that is um, a leadership role. Yeah. So uh, the 12th house is actually where I have my Jupiter, which is kind of like, kind of just so much water over it. You know, it's like, okay, it's Jupiter, it's psychic, but it's also expanding. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's I think expanding that, those gifts, teaching yes. others, sharing. So it's, it's uh, whenever I get any aspects to there, it's always like, okay, astral projection dreams and so many, you know, downloads coming. Yeah. And I guess I'll just have to meditate for three days, <laughs> you know, that kind of energy. Amazing. Um, so for me, my exciting time is like when I'm sleeping, right? <laughs> so. Well, it sounds like you don't sleep. You're uh, yeah. somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> I do a lot of work on the other realms. So, so besides astrology, you know, and you gave us like a cliff notes uh, deeper dive into all of the you know things that people can look forward and say I want to learn all these different houses and what they are for me and where I'm at and the blueprint and I hope that's what you're sitting there you know at home because I mean that's what I'm getting the urge I'm like hey hey here's here's my chart no. <laughs> um, but you also you know you've you've mentioned your psychic gifts you've mentioned that your intuition yeah, I, that you're a Reiki master. So what other types of things when somebody comes and sees you, you know, that you channel and stuff like that? You want to touch a, bit, yeah. a little bit on the, some of those? Yeah, two? we'll do a little bit, yeah. You Make know? sure that it won't go too too thorough this time. Yeah, no, but um, I mean, like, like for, like, psychic, so, for instance. Yeah. Like, do you get, do you get messages clairaudiently and hear things? Do you see things? Do you, like, what's that, th what's that sense come to you in? So I have um, claircognizance where I just have like instant uh, words or images um, come right into my psyche. And um, these often happen during um, either astrology readings they can happen or during um, when I'm doing uh, energy, intuitive energy healing. Okay. Um, these are combined with, um, I can also see and feel people's auras and see into their auras. So as the seeing goes, it's really more of an energetic seeing. Like I can see colors and I can mm -hmm. see vibrations and um, areas of dis, dis ease or discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, and with my, and I am clairvoyant as well with um, my ability to hear. I don't do um, the, I'm not tuned in with the ancestors, but I am tuned in with a lot of the beings um, other dimensional beings. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm very much connected to like the, they say they're like a galactic um, team that's really yeah, here to empower and positive. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know it was very scary then, but now um, I, I'm very I feel very empowered and safe. Yeah, being in touch with these beings. So. That's amazing. And um, yeah, that, is there? You know, I mean, I feel like we touched and we dove into a lot of different things. I feel like I want to have you on again for another topic on on healing and stuff like that. But. You know, where where can people find you? Of course, here at Liberate Hollywood, but um, your website, different things like that. Yes, so I have um, healgood.love is my Aww, website. Cute. Yeah, I do. Um, I really am community-minded, and I like to do um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one healings, but I also um, love for when couples come to me or a mother and daughter or just any kind of friend group even. Um, I do a lot of group things here. Um, as well, I'll be doing um, things, and I. You can find me at Heal Good. You can find me on the Liberate website. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, and it's Cody Channel, um, Instagram Cody Channel, um, and and all those. You'll find me all around. I do. I'm starting a project right now where we're volunteering with um, getting a lot of funding for Skid Row, oh, and so we're um, kind of partnering up with a few different places, um, giving women um, without access to these tools. Um, once a month, a women's group with a, like big care packages and um, different healing modalities. I love so that. that's sort of like a passion of mine where you'll see me when I'm not at Liberate, but yeah. <laughs> always giving, always making people better. <laughs> I love it. I'll make sure that I put all of her handles down underneath so that you guys have them. And Cody, if you had to leave everybody with one thing, what would it be? Um, remember that there is a light so bright and it's right inside and all you need to do is let it shine. Ah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Till next time. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. If you're thinking that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype, phone, or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.